Blog Talk Radio. I'm telling you niggas, I'm not a regular nigga. No, I been supposed to change up. I was been supposed to fold all this pressure. I was been supposed to change up. Nigga, what would I look like? I come from the hood. I represent the only way up. Had to hustle, boy. I'm trying to touch the toy. I'm trying to fuck these LA streets up. Think it's safe to say that I did it up, nigga. Up. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's a heavy-handed edition. I am the host with the most heavy-handed Jay. Back on demand, green eggs and ham, one hundred grand. Y'all know how that shit go, man. Bitch, I'm the man. Bitch, I'm the man. Bitch, I'm the man. What it do? What it do? What it do? It is a Friday afternoon. I'm sorry, a Wednesday afternoon. I'm living a life. It's Wednesday, May 15th. It's a Wednesday. And it's 2 p.m. And you may ask if you know anything about me. I've been stuck to the grind and you're asking, how are you podcasting at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday, heavy-handed Jay? I'm home, basking in some celebration. We'll talk about that another day. But I'm home from work. Kids are gone. They're at school, being educated by the Los Angeles Los Angeles public school system. Shout out to them for doing a somewhat of a decent job with that. My wife, she's at her job, contributing to the family like the princess that she is. Shout out to her especially. And me, I'm home, 2 p.m., and I've just had my second Bud Light. Only God can judge me. Don't be mad at me for that. All right? I'd advise that you do it too. If you had, you know, the the uh, option, you know. I don't want to be judged, you know what I mean? Don't worry. Don't worry. That's all right. Don't worry about what the fuck I be doing. Couldn't be said better. Smoke low. Um, yeah. So man, but it's it's been it's been a good ass. We got some few topics to get to. Interesting. Look, dude, it's been a really good. I got my internet fixed too. The internet man came out, you know, and he got my shit back up. You know, last time my boy Willow was joining me. And we was really getting into the basketball and things were heating up and the connection just wasn't good. And I said, I've had enough. You know, this this bad internet can't do shit. Can't have them. I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. I don't like that shit. It's now fixed. Running and we're all streaming seamlessly. I sound phenomenal, I'm sure. Look, though, man, good NBA playoffs on our hands. We've had some buzzer beaters. We've had some injuries. We had some close calls. We have a lot of storylines to cover. It's been a great NBA playoff so far. I mean, the NBA, as of recent past few years, last year really especially, really brought me back into the fold. I had stopped, you know, 
kind of watching so closely, you know, busy in life, of course. And I had stopped paying close attention to the NBA until we started to get to the, at least the conference finals or the championship. But as of, you know, maybe a couple years ago here recently, I've really been interested in the game, the game of the NBA. Just really good storyline, really competitive games. I think now more than ever, there's more parity in the league. A lot of talent in the league. You know, even the worst teams got really good ballers on them. I've seen a team like the Clippers with no all-stars, no notables, really be able to push the Golden State Warriors defending champions. So there's a lot of talent in the league, more than ever so, you ask me. So we'll talk about some of the NBA playoffs, some of the happenings, and where we are now. Uh, I think the first team out the gate into the second round, if I'm not mistaken, were was last night's game, Golden State versus the Portland Trailblazers, which I think most of us think, even with Durant not playing, should be raz- rather easy work for Golden State. Rather easy work as they make their way to their fourth, fifth consecutive NBA championships. Um, we got some regular news to report. We got some other NBA news to report. The Lakers have selected their head coach. To the surprise of many, it seems, Frank Vogel. You may remember him from his days in Indiana, when Indiana was really pressing the issue against Miami, LeBron's Miami Heat and forcing Miami to game sixes and game sevens with Paul George and David West and, and that bunch, George Hill. Few of us recall those 2012-ish type Indiana Pacer teams, the famous Lance Stevenson blowing the ear. That was under Frank Vogel's regime as head coach for the Indiana Pacers. So we got that to talk about, man. Uh, a lot of people are a bit surprised shocked by the hire you know some people are are painting a narrative that the Lakers were desperate you know Ty Lue had turned down the job um they'd they'd hired they'd, they'd interviewed Jason Kidd but that didn't seemingly go as planned or whatever whatever happened there so Lakers have chose their guy They've also been able to choose some of his staff, and there also are a few other details about that hire of Frank Vogel that we'll talk about. Another storyline we're going to talk about, some NBA gossip, which is always great. We got Aisha Curry, you know, famously known as Steph Curry's wife, a Asian And black-looking chick. Something like that, right? I don't know. I don't know. Well, what do you think about her? You know, she's now she's made her way into the news to the surprise or not surprise of of some. Now, before I've had to take a – do my little due diligence here and do some research on Aisha Curry just to see what the hell she even said and get some context for it, 
I never really looked at her. You know, I thought, you know, she regular. Whoa, 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 regular, regular, regular. You know, regular. She regular. You know, ain't nothing special about her, you know. She she regular. But now that I've had to do a deeper dive on her, I will concede from that. Aisha Curry low-key bad. Low-key baddie bad. So I want to see what uh what people got to say about that, you know. Some people are painting storylines out there and creating narratives that she wants male attention. And and Steph must not be putting it down. Is is what this all sounds like to most niggas. You know. You know how we is. If if your woman ain't happy, you must not be you must not be hitting her right. And so that seems to be a part of the picture that old Aisha's gone out here and thrown out for poor Steph. Now he already light skinned. He already got to go with this. I'm the light skinned green eyed guy in the NBA and all the heat that brings. And if, please believe it, man. That brings that boy heat. He got to deal with that. But he seems to handle it well, and he seems to just, you know, be himself. But I'm, I'm sure, you know, Steph has gone all his life, and you know, being a little light skinned dude, and that's probably why he can he kill him like that, cause he got that chip on his shoulder. This day, me? to this day, to this day. And hear his wife go out. In the minds of some, here she goes out there and puts puts the stamp, the confirmation that just maybe Steph ain't man enough. We'll talk about it. Look, we'll talk about it. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, get into that too much because there's there's a lot into that. We'll talk about that. So those are the things we'll be talking about today here on this heavy handed to heavy handed edition. And I think we'll start it off first, man, with some of that Aisha Curry. We'll just get into the bullshit first. Look, what's been said here? Aisha Curry has come out, and with the storyline everybody's going to see front page in is, she said that she wants more male attention. Now, everyone has their opinion. Now, I think first, you know, the women are going to say, understandable. What woman doesn't want to be desirable to men? I, I, I understand that. I understand that. I could understand that. Um, now, I've heard some people say, oh, you ready to get loose. Steph must not be beating that thing up like that, like that. You know, Steph must not be doing it like that, or else you would never come out here and kind of make some... Uh, implication that people could read into. That's the problem. You know, people feel like there's an implication into that, that there's left some reading into needing to be done. So let's get some some exact detail because I don't want to paraphrase it all. But let's get Aisha's uh, exact statement here. So all this took place on Jada Pickett's show, The Red Table, um, which I understand is, uh, you know, doing pretty well for itself. 
So this is Jada. A bunch of ladies uh, were on this apparent show. Seems to be the Curry, all the Curry women. So it's the mom, the the girlfriends of the of, of Steph and um the the brother and all the women to do with the Curry family. And so um, Jada is asking how you know asking Aisha how she feels about all the groupies being around Steph. You know, and that's a valid question. So. Let's let's get some sound on this. Take a listen. Something that really bothers me and like honestly has given me a sense of a little bit of an insecurity is the fact that yeah, like there are all these women like throwing themselves, but me, like the past 10 years, like I don't have any of that. Like I have zero this sounds weird, but like male attention. And so then, you like, I begin to internalize it. And I'm like, is something wrong with you're me? Not, like, you're not looking. What? You're not looking. You're not looking. But I'm going to tell you something else, too. When your radar's turned off, because I dealt with that for years, too, like, and I was young, like you. Yeah, I'm like, like oh, my God. Fair. I mean. Because I don't want it. But yeah. it would be nice to know that, like, someone's looking. But that when your radar's turned <laughs> off, yeah. right, that you're beautiful. Real don't ever think for one minute that it ain't no some men out there looking at you like I wish. Honestly. And, and I'm going to tell you who knows that more than anybody. Now, the women there are obviously very supportive of Aisha saying she feels like in the past 10 years, nobody's been taking notice of her. Her DMs ain't flooded with dick pics. You know? Now, let, let me first address something. Aisha Curry is a very respectable seeming young lady. But I understand she's 30 years old. Now, Aisha Curry's image is one that is wholesome. She's on Parenting Magazine. She got like three kids. She's 30. She doesn't seem to be showing off her body or creating booty videos or wanting to be seen in spandex or you know, just out there in front of everybody. So her image that she sells is wholesome. She seems happy. To add to that, why wouldn't she be? Look, no homo, but Steph Curry's a green-eyed, light-skinned dude who's 6'3". I mean, he seems small in the NBA, but in real life, this guy's guy is 6'3 with long arms. Green eyes, good hair. And he's cold-blooded in the NBA. Who, who, who really feeling like they got a chance of hollering at that? On top of that, you're not selling that you're available. You know? So to me, it's no wonder how she isn't getting that attention that she wants. Now, the question is, on the minds of most, is why do you want that attention? Are you not happy at home? Are you not, is your cup, is your man not giving you enough at home is what this boils down to. Some would say, is he not fucking you good enough? I think that's unfair. It's a bit unfair to just go there with it. But obviously, people are going to be looking at Steph and saying, why does your woman want male attention? People are going to be looking at Aisha and saying, why do you want male attention, you being a married woman? Seems like the women are saying, hey, a woman wants to be sought after. She, her man, Steph, you know, it's clear to see the girls are going crazy for him. You can imagine that happening. 
But I don't got no rappers coming in DMing me. DMing me. I don't have the, that attention. And guess what? I wouldn't mind it. The girl's 30 years old, guys. She's 30. Like I said, going into this before I t- before I really had to take a good look, look look at her, I just thought you know. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Regular, regular, regular. Regular. You regular? You all right? You decent? Ain't, ain't nothing. I'ma you know lose nothing for. I ain't gonna lie to nobody about you. You know I I ain't gonna lose no sleep over you. I ain't gonna get. You know, my, my confidence ain't going to break if, if you ain't ready to go, if I can't bust you down. But after really looking at her and diving in here, I can see it. It's up near Aisha, guys. She kind of bad. A little Filipino type of black. Got that whole thing going. Got that little, you know, black, you know, she's. you can tell she identifies more so as a black woman, I'm sure, to some degree. She got some things going for herself. Not a thing's going for herself part. Aisha obviously isn't happy just being Steph Curry's wife. And that's okay. Some women, and nothing wrong with it, you know, one could say you should aspire to be something in your life more than a rich baby mama, a basketball wife. We're questioning why isn't Aisha Curry just happy being a basketball wife? Instead, she's created somewhat of her own empire. And got a YouTube channel where she cooks and has people on and, you know, and she's she's on the Jada Pickett thing. So she's obviously, you know, a socialite to some degree. Look, you know, Aisha's out there. Now, I'll go on and say, you know, I've heard people say, you know, she about that life. You know, she ready to get her her shit beat up. You know. She's she ready to get it beat up because this is what this is about. And next thing you know, we're going to have that divorce and she's going to be out here getting slammed by something tall and dark skin. And it's all to say Steph's light skin shit. It is. We always knew it was a, a chink in the armor. Right. That's what we want to say. But um, I don't know. I, I've heard that. People saying, you know, she she they was they've been together since kids. She 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 need that she need that slammy slam in her life. You know? Maybe she was the hot thing when her and Steph got together. And he wasn't quite Steph, he was the little dude at Davidson's. But he grew up. Now he's the he can get any any one of the Instagram models he wants. But she was the one. He was the more awkward one, the goofy one, and she was settling for him probably halfway back at Davison, back in high school or however long they go back. But those tables have totally changed. And Steph is more debonair looking, not so awkwardly gangly and, you know, light-skinned seeming and, you know, just just not that guy, that guy like that. Now he's that guy, totally. And we all fucks with him. Maybe Aisha don't like that. A lot of women have a competitive nature with their man. You know, that's the thing out there, guys. You know, they they love you. 
They happy for you. They wondering why it ain't them. You know, they want it. And that's a story for another day. But a lot of meat to the bone, Aisha. She done came out here and said, you know, hey, I, I, I want I want some attention. She wondering why dudes don't talk to her. Hey, because you're Steph Curry's wife, and Steph Curry seems to be a cool-ass dude. And he's one of the best players in the NBA. Why would anybody think they have a shot? Nobody think they got a shot at LeBron's girl either. And he ain't even light-skinned with green eyes. And we don't think we got a shot at Gabrielle Union, D-Wade's girl, neither. You know, I'm sure a lot of dudes don't fuck with them. So, moral of this story is, baby girl, you need to, you know, keep your mouth shut. Stop putting your man out there on blast like that to where, you know, other men, well, what, now what you want, DMs? Well, now now Kat's going to be a halfway testing you look like shit. She says she wants some attention. That what you want? That's not what you're supposed to be doing as a married woman. I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. I don't like that shit. Get your shit together. In other news, Lakers, they've hired Frank Vogel, who you may know from the Indiana Pacer days. The Indiana Pacers, Lance Stevenson blowing in LeBron ear day. Um, the Indiana Pacers that were pushing LeBron and the Miami Heat to the brink of elimination, those Indiana Pacers were led by Frank Vogel, who at the time, I must admit, I thought was a good coach. He seemed like he had the team buying into him, to his identity, his personality. They were playing hard for him. I felt they were a team that was less talented than the Heat in those days. Under Paul George being their best player, this is um, prior to Paul George suffering that really bad leg injury. But I felt that they were playing their ass off for him. They're playing their ass off for Frank Vogel. And uh, by all my indications, by everything I can see, Frank Vogel looked to be a damn good coach. And then Frank Vogel, I believe, got traded to... I want to say the Orlando Magic or something like that and did and didn't do very well at all. And then he just faded into obscurity. I'm not sure what happened after that. After some long deliberations here in Los Angeles, we heard all kind of names thrown around as the potential Laker next Laker head coach. You know, we heard all kind of names. One name you damn sure ain't going to hear is Mark Jackson. And I don't know why. I don't know what Mark Jackson must have did. Mark Jackson must have told all them white people or something or you racist son of I I, I couldn't imagine to to be blackballed that the way Mark Jackson clearly is blackballed because Mark Jackson pretty much molded Steph Curry and Clay Thompson coming out of college as babies and toughened them dudes up and turned them into the players they were. Now they never got under the over the hump with Mark, but Mark got him. I think everyone would attribute them becoming the, you know, the players they were to Mark Jackson, the players they are. He was the one that were, that was doing the molding out of college and toughening them up and making them become NBA players, not college players anymore. 
digressing. But a lot of names thrown around. We heard Ty Lu. That seemed like a perfect fit. That seemed to go up in flames. Seemed like Lakers lowballed Ty Lu. Ty Lu said, "Look, man, I would, I've won a title with you guys. I've also went out and won a title on my own. And you're gonna give me, you're gonna offer me a lesser contract than what guys around the league are getting in their first head coaching opportunities." Luke Walton didn't have to have any unemployment for any amount of time. Before Luke Walton was out the door in Los Angeles, he was walking through the door in Sacramento. Is he that great a coach? Odd the opportunities for a guy like Luke Walton, who's never really led a team to do anything at this point. But you have guys who who, who lost jobs with winning records, Alvin Gentry, Lionel Hollins. Lionel Hollins had the Memphis Grizzlies over 50 wins. What's my man up there in uh, New York? Woodson. Tough to get a job. Tough to get a job. Tough, tough, tough. But shit, Luke Walton, baby. That Jack, that Joker there straight off the Golden State bench, and he didn't have two, three coaching jobs and ain't had to wait. Anyway, digressing. That's another story. But point here, Frank Vogel, new Laker head coach. Uh, Let's get a little sound. A lot of people surprised about it. Wasn't the Lakers' first pick, but I guess in the end, he's the guy that took took the demands. Let's listen. When I first saw it, I was stunned because of of all the names. So was Vogel. Mike Woodson, (laughs) Jason Kidd, Lionel Hollins. I would have had Vogel fourth on that list of guys that's going to get Which the job. Which would have made him seventh on the total. Right, right, right. And if we were running the race like the Kentucky Derby, that wasn't a premier race. All the stadiums <laughs> right, exactly, had turned exactly. it down. <laughs> now, let me say this. I also think it would have made more sense to have Jason Kidd as the head coach and Vogel, who's a tactician, as the assistant. However, I made some calls, talked to some people, and I'm told this. Look, this is the key we know for any Lakers job, that LeBron James respects Frank Vogel. He remembers those battles that they had when Vogel was in Indiana, three straight times in the playoffs, LeBron's in Miami, and those series go six games, two of them, and one of them went seven. LeBron recognizes, I had me, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh, and Frank Vogel had Paul George, Roy Hibbert, (laughs) and George Hill, and David West. Not nearly as much talent. So I'm told LeBron respects Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel has a chance with LeBron. He's going to give him a chance. If Vogel goes in there and is prepared and and shows that he's got all his uh, T's crossed Mm -hmm. and I's dotted, then that's how guys who didn't play in the league get players respect. Yes. So, yeah, Chris Broussard... That's Chris Broussard there of SF, of Fox Sports. Um, I think something he said that is an interesting note is that the coach coming in got to have LeBron's respect. That said, we have to question if Luke ever had LeBron's respect. I talked about that on this here very heavy-handed edition at some point, and I said, look, Luke's the guy who's coming in trying to coach dudes he's played against. 
and wasn't better then. Rondo was in the league at the same time as Luke. There's a lot of players who are who were in the league at the same time as Luke and was not Luke was not better than them. I believe LeBron was in the league the same time as Luke. That's fucking LeBron and you're still Luke. You just wearing a suit now. That doesn't mean you know more about basketball than I do. So how this thing works is why we in my generation teachers were old. They were older. Teachers these days you fuck around and now you got teacher bay. You know, you got all these hot ass young teachers in the classrooms. But when back in my day, you respected the teacher because she was matured. And that seems to be how coaching has always went. Nowadays, the coaches are getting younger and younger and younger, more player friendly, more player friendly. You know, coaches don't have children. I think having children helps you work on your leadership, your authoritative nature in business, all those things. Luke needs a young team like they've given him in Sacramento. That could possibly work there. Trying to coach a veteran-led team, Rondo, LeBron, these type of characters, strong personality, great players who've won championships, been through it all, a guy like Luke just ain't the guy probably. Frank Vogel, a little older, a little more seasoned, I think could, could be a good thing. Has went and made his own bones he he doesn't have a big fancy last name to back him up, like Luke, who's just a golden boy coming off of Lakers. I mean, how how much better your dad's UCLA legend, Luke Walton, Boston legend, Luke Walton, uh, Bill Walton. Your dad's a legend. You roll right on through. You go to Arizona. You oh wow, whoop de doo. You come to the Lakers. Wow, how perfect for the Southern California boy. You come over here. You win some championships with Shaq and Kobe. You roll right over there to Golden State. Perfect timing. Win a few championships on the on the bench under Steve Kerr. And people are handing you head coaching jobs. It's been a smooth ride. Frank Vogel on the other side. I don't believe the story's gone that way. So, Chris Boussard obviously saying, you know, he was surprised, and like most of us were, we were also surprised. We also learned that Jason Kidd is on the bench. J.K. on the bench. So Jason Kidd, he's had to his his own stints in different places in the league. Uh, you know, had some had some good success, had some had some bad. But it seemed to be definitely a part of the deal that Vogel had to accept that his assistant coach was appointed to him and his assistant coach actually interviewed for the head coaching job. So that's, that's some interesting elements there to think about. But I got some more sound. Let's listen to uh, Nick Wright. Now, one of my favorite guys out there, Nick Wright, Fox sports. I don't know where this guy came from. Love this little dude. Always gets to the point. Very concise. Always is thinking out of the, the other side of his brain and, you know, bringing up, storylines and narratives that people just ain't bringing up. So this is Nick Wright doing doing his thing and what I love he do. To me, this hire is about two things, power and optics. Well, let's start with the optics. They, they, they 
Jeannie Buss and Rob Belenka were sold on Ty Lue, and the Rambus family convinced them the optics will be LeBron's running things. Hold off and make demands, make, con- make Ty Lue to make concessions because he doesn't have any other options. They maybe didn't factor into the fact that one of the options is do nothing and make $5 million this year from the, from the Cleveland Cavs and next year mm-hmm. from the Cleveland Cavs, and Ty walked away. They liked Jason Kidd, and they were horrified by the reaction publicly that they were considering Jason Kidd. So horrified, I believe they floated out there, oh, it wasn't even a real interview. It was a cursory, it was a courtesy interview. And then when I say power, Rob Belinka has, in a very short period of time, consolidated an immense amount of power. Magic is gone. Clearly, the two people that Jeannie Buss listens to the most are Linda Rambis and Rob Belinka. And Belinka got a coach who was willing to take three years, and I picked your staff, and I'm putting Jason Kidd on your staff, even though he doesn't have the greatest reputation for not going behind people's backs, and he interviewed for this job. So that because the, the basketball reasoning for hiring Frank Vogel, here's the thing. What he did in Indiana was impressive. What he did in Orlando happened, though. Right. That was a 35-win mm-hmm. team he took over. They then won 29 and 25 games with him. They then, the next year, this year, with the exact same roster, won 42 games and made the playoffs. That's, that's really problematic for Frank. And oh, that- so, that's something I talked about. And, you know, the guys, was, they were slamming me. But I said, look who's operating from behind these scenes. And since then, Magic's been gone. I said, Kobe. I pointed at Kobe. Because Rob Palinka's association is through Kobe. And Kobe's somewhere in in this passenger seat somewhere. He's in the car. He's in the back seat. Looking through the rear view mirror at the driver. Dead in the eyes. He's in there. And, um... Like Nick said, uh, this is a power move. The Lakers were able to force uh, Vogel to accept a three-year deal, meaning, hey, we can get off you quickly here if things don't go our way. We were able to appoint staff. That's something no coach ever wants to give up leverage here. And appoint a guy with who who's already coming in with his strong demeanor, um, good player relations, which is always bad. For a head coach when another guy is gonna is Jason Kidd and is gonna have the players gravitate towards him because he's an NBA great. So the the potential for undermining to take place is pretty likely. But Rob Palinka and Linda Rambis. Linda Rambis, guys. This is Kirk Rambis, white boy, glasses, showtime. That's his, that's his wife. Now, the Lakers always talk about how they're a family-run business. Oddly enough, it's very true. You know, you got Kirk's wife, one of the top, top people in the, in, the, uh, in the organization, making decisions. I don't like that shit. For sure, bro. I don't like that shit. Nonetheless, you got Kirk consulting. You know, Kirk's done his damage in Minnesota and other places like that. But you know, odd times if you're a if you're a Laker fan, 
It is some strange times in L.A., strange times in L.A. Nonetheless, Frank Vogel, new Laker head coach, I'm not so down on it. Fresh new blood. I felt something we needed. We don't need the big splash every time. All that kind of stuff does is bring more expectation. Another thing the homie slammed me on this very handed, on this here very, damn, how does that go? On this very, on this heavy handed, on this very heavy handed edition, that doesn't sound quite white. But how that goes, the homie slammed me. I said, man, the Lakers have mortgaged their future to win in LeBron's time frame. I don't think we should trade all of our players. Maybe we just lose with LeBron on on the team and that'd be that. And they said, no, you got to win with LeBron. You got to. Since you're starting to hear rumbles like, hey, maybe this thing has been mismanaged the whole time. And we should consider maybe even trading LeBron. Oh, things are definitely changing. You know, I don't think they're going to give away everybody anymore just to get LeBron a ring. LeBron just may have been a bad move. LeBron came here to get off his Hollywood, get off his Hollywood career. Well, do so. As far as bringing a ring to the Lakers at this very here moment, May 15th, 2019, it ain't looking too good. Anyway, let's get to it. Conference finals are wrapped in both the East and Western Conference. We've already had game one of the Western Conference take place with Golden State looking to do pretty much easy work with the Portland Trailblazers, who seem to have shot their load, if you ask me. You know, Dame Lillard, yeah, he made a lot of memes and a lot of posters, but that was for the first round of the playoffs and beating Russell Westbrook and company. All that hoopla, all that, oh, he's the best, all that, you know, that was for the first round, guys. We were a bit of prisoners of the moment there. They did go on to get through a tough team in the Denver Nuggets in the conference semis. Now, they've taken a 0-1 loss to Golden State in Golden State. Uh, didn't look to fail very well. No KD. But I think all the talk is about that. You know, the semifinals of the Western Conference featured the Rockets versus the Golden State Warriors. One hell of a, one hell of a battle. A lot went down in that one, man. Um, I was pulling for Houston. I was pulling for Houston for some reason. I was pulling for Houston, but I think. It's the reason they gave Kobe a goddamn Oscar or something, you know, the mind of Kobe. Kobe is out here doing all kind of production in the media these days. And Kobe came out a long time ago and said, look, no matter how you cut it, you can't win with James Harden playing that way. James balled out. James Harden averaged 36 points per game this season, I believe. That's balling, homie. But this is what Kobe said. James Harden, of course 
crazy streak this season. What do you think of what he's doing right now? Well, I think he, I'm not a fan of in terms of winning championships. I don't think that style is ever going to win championships. But at the same time, you have to keep your team's head above water to win games. So you have to do what you have to do to win games, and he's doing that, right? Now, I think um, – so are you saying you don't think James Harden and the Rockets, as constructed, can win a title? Not with this style of play, it won't win, right, with one player dominating the ball. Now when you have Chris Ball come back and you have more more movement to the offense, where you move guys around, where you're harder to find. And Chris now Ball's back, but you mean more in the Yeah, because listen, yeah. if you take one player, you put him at the top of the key, or you put him on the wing, and you're running screen rolls, you're always in front of the defense. Mm-hmm. The defense can key on that, mm-hmm. particularly in the playoffs. I mean, that's easy, easy to defend. Yeah. It's easy to defend. Now what he's doing is absolutely remarkable, though, and I think um, it's, uh, it's a testament to how remarkable it is because uh, people are now trying to minimize what it is that he's doing. I mean, he's doing. Yeah, and at some point, Willa, who's a Houston Rockets fan, shout out to Willa. Um, we had a conversation and we were talking about, and I told him, well, I don't think on, uh, the Rockets will win it. And I said it's because. Golden State will minimize the lobs to Capella. And Chris Paul is still good, but he's just a shade off of the Chris Paul that was, I think it was just last season. And that is just enough for them not to be capable capable of getting over the hump, which is the Golden State Warriors. Now, we all thought that could change with KD going down with that quote-unquote right calf injury. I don't think we've still heard any reports on that. But, guys, let's be honest. That shit did not look like no right calf, homie. KD is hurt. Golden State, they're still rolling. They were able to eliminate the Rockets. They took the first game of the conference finals over the Trailblazers, no problem. One by a wide margin. We've seen old Steph Curry had six three-pointers in the first half. No problem, but they're going to need KD next round. I think it's going to be Milwaukee, and they're going to need KD for that, Jack. They're going to need him, but is KD hurt? Oh, he looked just like Kobe looked. So many times we've seen a guy pull up with that vaunted, daunted Achilles heel because we know that's a year at the minimum, and they do that same step. It doesn't look like it's painful. It just looks like it's like, whoa, what the fuck happened? And how it's ever been best described to me from a friend who's had it is it feels like the floor drops out from under you. And that's why guys kind of look down like that, like, what the fuck? Because it don't necessarily feel like nothing wrong with you. It feels like the floor just gave in. You've lost all stability. Is KD hurt? Because that, that changes all dynamics of this upcoming free agency season. For the Boston, for the for the New York Knicks, everybody's saying KD's going to New York. KD tore that Achilles. We got to rethink everything. That changes the trajectory of the NBA. I got some KD sound. Let's let's see what this is. 
I got to tell you something right now. This calf strain that they're talking about, talking about my man Mike Wilbon just a few minutes away. See, everybody else is a bit nicer than me. I'm a bit more <laughs> pragmatic. Here's the deal. I don't believe it's a calf injury. I really don't. I believe it. Listen, I, I looked at it, and it had Achilles written all over it. Now, I am no doctor, so don't right. take my medical diagnosis. But I didn't see a calf. I saw an Achilles. I believe that calf. Y'all can buy that story all y'all want to. I'm not believing it. But I do believe Houston will step up. They will handle their business in game six. They will be all over Golden State, and we will have a game seven right back here, and it will depend on Draymond, Steph, and Clay to deliver the goods in that series. But it'll be, in all likelihood, without Kevin Durant. Because I don't believe it was a cash trade. That's just me. I don't believe it. <laughs> That's my man, Stephen A., saying, you know, I don't believe it was a calf. Now, ain't no reports came out since. And I don't believe it was a calf. But shout out to my man, Stephen A., for just having the... the weed. Shout out to Stephen A. just for having the balls to come out there and be one of the dudes to be willing to go out there and say that because no reports have come out since. And I think that's just furthermore bad news. Because if it was a calf, man, they'd have told us it's a calf. You'd see KD. KD be damn near ready to get back in this thing if it was a calf. We got all kind of treatments for that. But it ain't no calf. It ain't no calf. And we're going to see if that old... Golden State team, the 73-9 and nine team that broke the Bulls record, still got it in them. You know, in one universe, I believe this is what Draymond and the guys kind of always wanted, having to take a backseat to, to, the, to the Rant's greatness. You know, they like, dude, you know, we were still them guys before you showed up. Now, everybody act like we ain't nothing without you. Well, now they got the chance to prove it. Now they definitely got the chance to prove it. And, uh, you know, guys like Draymond and, and them doing uh, Curry and them dudes, they still believe, you know, we need them guys. To this day. To this day. They believe they them guys, you know. Why wouldn't they? They believe I'm, we, we, them, we still them boys. You know, that, that guy was definitely an integral part to the team. But we still them boys. You know, we them boys. So we definitely going to see. They, they, it looks like they're still going to be able to make easy work of Portland, even without Durant. I can see that happening. But I think to get that that championship, because whoever's coming out the East, even whether it be Toronto, they're going to be tough. Toronto will be tough for, for um, Golden State to beat without Durant. But to hold uh, Giannis, Tell Giannis down, you're going to need him. You're going to need him. So, can't wait to see what happens there. Waiting daily to see when we'll ever get any reports of what's up with Durant's injury. Uh, We had, also in the Western Conference, we had um, Portland getting rid of uh, Denver. Good series. Good series. Uh, had, Had some buzzer beaters, but looks like to me, it looks like Lillard's kind of shot his load. Looked like he might have also injured his hamstring last night. But you got C.J. McCollum stepping up big, knocking down big shots, and he he really um, sealed the deal, sealed the deal for Portland, who who it's been a long time coming for, being back at this level in the in the conference finals. Big big time stuff for them. 
So, yeah, I'm definitely excited for Portland to be back in the mix and, and, you know, proud of that team. You know, Lillard McCullum, that's a team who who the franchise has just stuck with. It's definitely a testament to, you know, what teams can accomplish if if they just, you know, just keep building and sticking with what you got. Take your take your Damon Lillard, you take your CJ McCullum, take your Maurice Harkless, and you just continue to work with those guys and they improve and you find yourself in the conference finals. So that's a a kudos to that franchise, to their coaching staff, to their player development. Certainly a kudos to that. And they now find themselves down 0-1 to the Golden State Warriors. Um, in the Eastern Conference, we had the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo, if I did that any, any justice. They fell 0-1. They 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 lost on their home floor, the first game of the series to Boston, Kyrie Irving and company, a team that was last year without Kyrie in the conference finals. So everybody's like, man, wait till next year. So when Kyrie comes back with all this young talent, we're surely to be in the in the in the finals for sure. Not so fast. Everybody came back. Gordon Hayward. You had Jason Tatum in his second season. You had um, Jalen Brown. You had Kyrie. You had Rozier. You had all these guys. Just wasn't enough balls to go around. And they never got to figure that whole thing out. Never seen they figured it out. End of the day, those guys are home. The Milwaukee Bucks advance. And they'll be playing the Toronto Raptors, who made – some some wonderful game seven work of the 76ers who a lot of people thought would be there. But after losing that game one on their home floor, Paul Pierce, you know, famously known for his career spent with the Boston Celtics, obviously favoring the Celtics and wanting the Celtics to win. Paul Pierce said it's over. The Celtics got this. See you in the see you in the conference finals. Let's listen to what Paul said after the Bucks lost game one. Plus you draft I don't know where Milwaukee goes from here. Because what are you, whoa, 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 whoa. So is this over? I think it's over. This series is over. I think it's over. I think it's over. Not so fast, Paul. Uh, seemed a bit, you know, <laughs> premature. You wouldn't expect that out of a, a color analyst with the pedigree and experience of Paul Pierce. But I guess we're we're never experts now, are we? When it comes to sports, we're just never quite experts. Milwaukee eventually went on to win that series in five, a gentleman sweep. So after losing that first game, they won the, the next four and got Boston up out of there. Up out of there. So Boston moves on. They awaited the winner of a game seven featuring the Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference. Uh, This thing came down to the wire. We're talking game seven down to the buzzer. And we all know what happened there, man. Basically goes on to be the one of the, the, the greatest 
shots in the NBA history. It'll go down in that top 10, top 20 for sure. Top 10. Uh, I believe it came down. The stat ends up being that it's the first game seven buzzer beater in the playoffs. Kawhi Leonard, Toronto Raptor. Now everybody say he's going to be gone next year. Damn. You know, you're creating a lot of history in one year over there, buddy. You're in the conference finals. Uh, you didn't hit a goddamn buzzer beater. Everybody's seen the picture online, the meme online. I mean, it's one of the greatest pictures ever in, you know, in sports. You got Kawhi crouching. You got Embiid leading over, leaning over and hoping it doesn't fall. You got everybody's faces. Game seven buzzer beater to go to the conference finals. Kawhi Leonard dropped it, bounced it all over the rim. Anticipation. You talk about, you know, something that's going to be locked in the lures of NBA history. That's that's the shot we're all going to remember if you were around and you're an NBA fan at this time. You'll remember that shot. But uh, let's listen to it, man. Uh, here's Kawhi knocking down the Game 7 buzzer beater. Oh. Siakam back in. you got to be aware of the inbounder here if you're Philly. It's off to Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? Oh! You can actually hear it bounce on the rim about three, four times there. So, you know, big time, big time, big time. Big time stuff there from Kawhi. Um, you know, it just gets to know better. So now we just go on. And we're looking – I'm I'm thinking that, that Eastern Conference is going to shape up to be one hell of a series. I think game one is tonight. Toronto versus Milwaukee. Milwaukee's looking strong coming in, thriving. Antetokounmpo is looking unstoppable. What do you do with this guy full court? I mean, he's playing both sides of the floor. He's a load. He's a load, man, a load. He's improving. His jump shot's improving. Um, supporting cast. Everybody's chipping in. Bledsoe, Middleton, um, I forget the other guard's name. Was a lot of those guys, Ilyasova, Lopez, a lot of guys chipping in and doing their part. So I, I like this team. And I think they're the hardest to stop because, you know, Antacupo's coming. He's going to put pressure on your defense. Uh, it's not a matter of him knocking down shots or not. He's, he's coming. Um, so you got to deal with that. And the rest of the team is a lot of dudes chipping in, like I said. So, hard team to stop, play good defense. Toronto, you know, you haven't been getting much out of Lowry. You got Siakam and guys like that who have, you know, stepped up and been welcome surprises for that for that team. Kawhi put the team on his shoulders and showed he's an A1, you know, an A1 elite level, a top you know, sometimes we'll forget about Kawhi in the top three to top five conversations. But Kawhi showed us all, you know. Siakam. You know, Kawhi showed us all. I I have the ability to put a team on my back. He showed that in that game seven, man. He just put him on his back. Took a lot of shots, but he showed everybody. Bitch, I'm the man. Bitch, I'm the man. Bitch, I'm the man. Kawhi showed he's the motherfucking man, man. And you can put a team on his shoulders. And he plays phenomenal defense. 
But I think in this one, this is just going to take a little more than just Kawhi. And I don't know if Toronto has the horses here. You know, you're going to need you, you need Lowry to show up big time. You need Siakam. Kawhi's going to have to to play phenomenally every night. Now, uh, I hear a stat out there where they say, you know, Kawhi plays the best defense on Antetokounmpo. All the metrics say, you know, Antetokounmpo struggles versus Kawhi. So, shit, I'll be interested to see how that plays out. That's, you know, you, you talk about an uh, offensive-defensive matchup? Huh. This is one that is worse. This is pay-per-view when it comes to matchups. So, looking forward to seeing that. Looking forward to seeing that. And like I said, in the Western Conference, but I'm going to take the Bucks. I'll take the Bucks in six. I'll take the Bucks in six. Um, on the other side, in the Western Conference Finals, I'll take – I'm going to take Golden State in five. Like I said, I feel like Portland has shot their load. They've they've had to, you know, play over their heads just to get to this point. You know, we've had celebrations. We have buzzer beaters. We've had, you know, the emergence of C.J. McCollum just balling, you know, and he too showing, you know, I'm a guy who you can put a team on, you know. C.J. McCollum just coming out here like, you know. Bitch, I'm the man. Bitch, I'm the man. Bitch, I'm the man. You know, showing you, hey, you know, Dame, that's cool. I'll let him do his thing. But, you know, if y'all need me to, if the nigga, if he ain't scoring, if he hurt or whatever wrong with him, I got it. So shout out to CJ, man, really showing, you know, his value, his worth. His value as a player has definitely gone up in this in this uh, playoff run. So when it's all said and done, you know who it's going to be. It's going to be Milwaukee Golden State. And there, especially no Durant, which I don't think we're going to have. I'm taking Milwaukee, man, in six, possibly seven. But as for now, I'll take Milwaukee in six handily. You know, I think Antetokounmpo just will be too much of a load. You know, they don't got, uh, maybe, well, you know, who that's a, now that I think about it, these, they, they, they got the development over there in Golden State. You got to recognize. You got to tip your cap to it. Obviously, Kavon Looney, Bell, Quinn Cook, um, just a number of guys, even Livingston, Iguodala, the, those guys have gotten better over there. So I don't want to completely dismiss what Steve Kerr and that snap staff over there could cook up. To the to the to disrupt, disturb, Antetokounmpo. And then if you just get a hot curry, a hot clay, who knows what can happen? You know, who knows? So I don't want to rule out, rule them out. But I will say, you know, I, I am gonna be favoring. I'm gonna be favoring. I'm going to be favoring the Bucks, man. I must say I'm going to be favoring the Bucks. So, yeah. 
excited for that, though. I think that's going to be good for the NBA. It's going to do well on TV. It's going to be good on the eyes. It's going to be it's going to put a bigger stage for Antetokounmpo to play on, playing the Golden State Warriors. You know, there's going to get new eyes on on a guy who I think it can be a new good representative for the NBA, kind of be the guy that's going forward for the next, you know, six to eight to ten years, take the torch from LeBron. He's international player, so there's some um, there's some marketability there. The NBA definitely likes to to look at their uh, international markets and make sure the NBA, which is, you know, the most global sport we got over here aside from soccer, but um, in the United States, far more global than baseball and football, who's trying to stretch their, their hand as far as the demographics that are paying attention to them. The NBA have done a, a great job in learning that, you know, the hip hop demographic is also synonymous with the NBA. This is something boxing is learning as we speak. You know, a lot of a lot of people are learning. You cater to that hip hop demographic. That's the demographic that oftentimes drives the markets in a lot of other places. And I think that a lot of these people doing these numbers are just now recognizing that it's clear in the NBA to what they're selling. They 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 make no confusion about it. You got the NFL over here that's still trying to do this red, white, and blue thing and do the cancer stuff, which is great stuff. You know, they they rather play some Springsteen, you know, at the NBA NFL halftime show. You always get spring team, Maroon 5, Springsteen, I mean, Maroon 5, freaking, uh, what's them fools with them monkeys and shit all the time? Imagine Dragons and all that shit. Now you're going to sprinkle some Beyonce and Bruno Mars in there. They can't do too much, you know, but they definitely going to give you some goddamn Springsteen and, and all that other shit. But very well, though, man. It's been a heavy-handed edition. Uh, like I say, listen, subscribe. You can also catch me with my with my boys over at the Outsiders Boxing Podcast every Wednesday. So that'll be tonight. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's every Wednesday. You can also catch the show, Outsiders Boxing Podcast, that is, every Sunday. Ooh, that, that time is changing. Let's right now just say it's every Sunday, 1.30 Pacific Standard, 3.30 Central, 4.30 Eastern. Let's say that's what it is for now. So those are the times you can catch myself, Willa, and RC over there. Make sure you're checking for that. Make sure you're subscribing to that. Make sure you're listening, you're sharing, you're doing all that real work for your boy. Um, Over here, you know what it is. It's the Relatively Fat and Black Podcast Network. I'm your boy, Heavy Handed Jay. This is a Heavy Handed Edition. And again, same rules apply, man. Like, share, tell a friend. You know, if you you, you like it, let's, let's make this shit happen. You know, let's keep the personalities coming on. Shout out to all the homies out there. Listening in, uh, couldn't get with us today, but we'll get with them the next time. Again, though, it's a heavy-handed edition, man. I am your man, Heavy-Handed Jay. I'm out.